This morning, we're, going to, we're having an interactive Sunday. It's a special service where we collaborate to examine the Word of God, learn from one another, and be positioned better to win and to be able to gather spoils. And so shall it be this morning. This morning, I want us to review how the story of Peter, at a point in time, when business as usual wasn't going to work anymore, how the story of Peter changed from being a loser to becoming an incredible winner. The purpose is to review how the story of Peter, at the point in time, like it is now around the world, when business as usual is not working anymore, how Peter's embarrassing failure was changed into a story of resounding success just because Peter allowed himself to be positioned he allowed himself to be repositioned. He allowed himself to be well positioned. It is true that in 2024, it is those that are well positioned that are destined to win no matter what. No matter what means that business as usual will not deliver what you used to get. And that's what's what happened to Peter. I'm going to take my text from Luke chapter 5. I'm going to be reading verses 1 to 7 from the contemporary English version of the Bible. And here begins the reading of God's word. Jesus was standing on the shore of Lake Genesaret, teaching the people as they crowded around him to hear God's message. Near the shore, he saw two boats left there. Remember that. Two boats left there by some fishermen who had gone to wash their nets. And Jesus got into the boat that belonged to Simon and asked him, he must have called him back because he was washing his head, called him back to now row, notice that, row it out from where it was packed. It required a lot of effort. Row it out a little way from the shore. Then Jesus sat down in the boat to teach the crowd. How do you call a discouraged, disgruntled, unhappy, broke man whose muscles are tired from rowing the sea all night long? How do you have the temerity to call him to still exert himself not in a motorboat, in a rowing boat, out again, because you just want to preach. But Peter did. Verse 4. When Jesus had finished speaking, he told Peter, and the word again, row, row the boat out, far out into the deep waters. <laughs> tired or no tired. Peter probably fell asleep. And when we get there, let down your nets to catch some fish. Oh, yeah? The fish that I didn't catch for the last eight hours? What is new? I should know. I am a kingfisher. I'm a professional swimmer. I should know. Verse 5. Peter said, Master. I don't think he said it to hail Jesus. <laughs> it's like saying pastor hmm. this sermon you are preaching <laughs> master Simon answered we have worked hard all night long he didn't say we had worked some hours we had worked we have worked 
all night long. At night, if you're sleeping so big, by the evening, your body wants to sleep. Whilst others are sleeping, they work hard all night long. Some people know what that means. Whilst others are sleeping, you are not sleeping. And still you caught nothing. Master, we have worked hard. Don't judge me by the results you see. You don't know how hard I worked. Worked all night long and have caught, not caught a thing. Not even a tadpole. Master. But. But. If you. Tell me to. I will let the nets down. It wasn't a sentence spoken in staccato, meaning staccato means no, no. It was words spoken one by one of tired, dejected, discouraged man. Master, we have worked all night long, and I've got. Not caught a thing, a single thing. Pause. But from what I've heard you say, from the anointing I've felt around you, if you are the one to tell me to, I will try hard to let nets down. I lie verse six. Bible says they did it. In spite of how they felt. In spite of that, it didn't work before. They did it and caught so many fish that the night began ripping apart. Then they signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. The men came and together they filled the two boats so full that they both began to sink. This morning I bring you the word of God that I entitled, When Victory Requires You to Change Position. When Victory Requires You to Change Position. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we gather together around the word of God that we may receive illumination as darkness and gross darkness covers the people and the land. As business as usual does not seem to work anymore. As all the forecasts are failing and more and more seem to be happening from every side. We gather around your world. We want to drink for the fountain of life. That there may be illumination to, in our understanding. Our eyes may see. The Bible says in that day you hear a voice behind you say do this, do that. So that you're not buried. That we may, we may come out of this with spoils. Father, as we speak in love to one another. As we examine the word of God. Give us a winner's equation that will cause us to end like Peter in the same day that he failed grossly. Thank you, Father, for what you're about to do. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen. amen. So you may be seated as we examine how the story of Peter in a time when business as usual was not working anymore, his expertise failed him and how his embarrassing failure 
was changed to a story of resounding success, all just all because Peter just somehow allowed himself to be positioned, repositioned, and he became well positioned. And no matter what happened to other people, other fishermen went home broke. A lot of them went home in disgrace and a lot of them, their boats were repossessed because they had no fish to sell to pay the installment for their boats. But Peter's case was different. May our case be different too in Jesus' name. So, here comes the story of Peter. The Lord is shining the light of Peter as an example for us to see. He was a master mariner. He was a master fisher. He was an expert on top of his game. He had a boat that was, that, that was, a, that was a, the kind of boat that big boys had. He had ripply muscles. He had experience. He had energy. And he deployed everything he had. And strange it was to him. He caught nothing. Child of God. Whilst you say you want to go to uh, Canada or United States to get a degree and some, you can have it and still catch nothing. Because the race is not to the, uh, to, the, uh, the, to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. The Bible says even wealth is not to men of wisdom. That's why professors are not the richest men. That they're the most knowledgeable men. Time and chance, your time to be repositioned happens to all. And here comes this servant of God saying, it's not business as usual. Listen, if you talk about education, I have some. And if you try me, I'll take you on. If it's pedigree, I have some. If you try me, I'll probably surprise you. But in spite of all, I have realized time and chance happens to all. Some of us have missed a chance to be positioned before. That's why we are where we are. We will not miss this one. Oh. I said we will not miss this one. Oh. Apostle, you are here. God wants to position you. Let me ask a question. If Jesus did not show up, what would be the story of Peter? Permanent, you see, when a man cannot produce fruit, people that are good will give you a little time. The life of a man is dangerous. If it continues one by one, people will disappear. Peter was down to go home to tell his wife, say, You even tadpole, see your muscle, see your big head, you don't catch anything. Wait till your children go chop. There's only so much human beings can bear with you. It is only God that can bear with you to the end. And he, the heart and ear, let me, let me tell you, when a woman cannot give birth to a child, they can bear with you for a while. After a while, human nature will surface. One little girl in the corner will say, what that madam with her big hips cannot do, I'll give you. Pa, 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 nine months. When you're passing, they just talk to you and say, madam, I can pass. A fool for front, a fool for back. Small baby, you know, carry. 
in my experience of life, I've seen narrow women like this. They will be burning picking as if they are coughing. You will see the one that is loaded. One child, 10 years. The size of your head is not the size of your brain. Just because your head is big doesn't mean your brain is big. Hello? Peter faced disgrace. Bible says the net, the boats were parked. Which means as far as was concerned, it was how to deal with the disgrace that was doing him. They were washing their nets dejectedly. It was over. And then Jesus showed up. Child of God, if you can hear me today, it means Jesus has showed up for you. And Jesus saw the boat's part. He didn't see any fish. This Jesus. This Jesus. Jesus is a very strange fellow. If I saw somebody's boat packed, he didn't catch anything. They're washing the net. It's not that person I'll call. It's strange the people Jesus calls. People like me that have struggled. People like me that have packed the boat. And Jesus calls you. The person nobody else will call. Your performance level is not impressive. He didn't ask for permission. He sat in the boat. Then he called them. He said, row. The word row is muscle. Your muscles are tired to the point that you can hardly lift your own hand. He says, row out. He didn't ask. He told them. Somebody must have prepared Peter with the message that you heard. Watch out when God wants to position you. Otherwise, explain to me why he didn't snap. What are you doing in my boat? Okay, please, 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 please. He didn't know Jesus. It was when Jesus was preaching, he got it. In your being broken, in your need, please remember and continue to be a person of good behavior. You, I don't think you heard me. In your situation, don't let it justify uh, no grief for anybody. You get to my boat, get out of here. You know, a lot of people get very combative because they're going through something. That way, you may drive your helper away, point number one. Point number one is whatever you're going through, don't let it make you combative, destructive, annoying, and you've lost your home training. You're not polite anymore. Listen, just because you're broke does not mean you should be unkind. If you ask me for food, I don't have food, I have pure water, I say... Let this water hold your stomach. That's why they do my own. The water will be making noise in my stomach until food. Don't say nasty things to people. Peter could have done that. And that's what a lot of us have been doing. You project your pain and your, and your need in a very annoying way to somebody who has a capacity to position you. His partners that they called to come and help them. They had boats. They had everything. They couldn't 
help him. The man that came didn't have a boat. The man that came was not a fisherman. You know, sometimes the people you listen to are not the ones that can help you. Why are you all quiet? The boat owners like him could not help him. They were going to spread the rumor anyway that Kingfisher called Kingfisher knee. Not catch nothing. They were watching. You notice they didn't even help. They were watching. They had to call them from afar. Uh-huh. Social media, what in post there? They had to call them. Some people waiting to see your disgrace. They will, they will help you pack your spoils in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of amen is that? What kind of amen? Listen, people are positioned around you. They're just watching. They're not going to help you. They're going to tell people you're a fool. It's the same people had to help them pack the fish. Both boats were filled. In the year 2024, those well positioned are destined to win no matter what. So the initial bad positioning of Peter brought a successful man who was hitherto very successful to a most embarrassing position of failure in a public way. The initial, listen to what I'm saying, initial bad positioning. That is the potential of, the damaging potential of bad positioning. It led a very successful man to a very embarrassing position of failure in one night. Very quickly. So we want to investigate or interrogate how this happened from embarrassing failure to a story of resounding success. Help me. Let's break up the journey in bits. How did it happen? Peter did not know what the outcome was going to be. He was tired like you. He was, he was frazzled and these things happened. Please tell me with the anointing you have, with, the, with your ability to uh, interrogate the process of events and uh, elicit information that will help people. Please help me. What, how did it happen from a man who had taken a position of failure, packed up for the night, probably covered it, washing their net and thinking of what he was going to tell his wife? And you know what Madame say? You don't come again. You know they say in Nigeria, you go explain tire. When a man not get money, you go explain tire. Do you think the woman is listening? At that point, some of our friends say, "Wait, why you are going to marry this guy? We told that the guy no get sense. You know, just because I'm going through a bad patch doesn't mean you write me off." Hello there. Who, 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 who wants to uh, tap into that statement? Just because I'm going through a bad patch, don't be quick to write me off. So tell me, how did this thing happen? From the point Jesus sat in and called him, what do you think happened to Peter that we can learn from? It's interactive. Supposing you were the one you close your office. You, you're, you're stepping into a 
Marwa tricycle. <laughs> You're thinking how you persuade the guy. Say, let me pay you tomorrow. <laughs> and somebody calls you, say, open the office. <laughs> and let's start all over again. What are you going to say? Uh-huh. Now I got you. Okay. Okay, Jonathan is here. Auntie B is here. Can we celebrate those that want to say something, please? In pidgin language, I beg, leave me, man, picking don't tire. Uh-huh. See, and if you say, in pidgin language, I won't even answer you in English that I understand. I say, man, picking don't tire, I beg, leave me alone. It's standard. All of you are trying to look holy. It's not easy to respond like that. Let's learn a lesson. Can we celebrate uh, Grandma B, please? Okay, John, John, let's hear you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I think what it really came down to was Peter had really like tried everything himself that it got to a point where, you know, where he says, whatever you say, I'll do. Like he's done everything that he can imagine to catch this fish. That's why he stayed out all night. That it's got to a point where he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to give it to you completely and you handle it. You said that you will do it. So... However you say I should proceed is how I will do it. So I feel, yeah, in this day and age for us, especially where we live in a way of independence, you know, like everyone wants to do it for themselves. You want to make it in the world. If your parents have made it, you now want to make it for yourself. And we always try every way that we can to make it. And sometimes we're faced with failure upon failure upon failure. When we haven't tried the one simple instruction or the manual that was given to us which is instead of you doing it all by yourself why don't you just turn and give it to the Lord and he'll tell you how to do it some people can't answer but they're not clapping can we at least celebrate those that are answering I came up stage this morning and I said let's sing the song it ain't one heaven without us come on now what are you waiting for broad you don't need a microphone. Just start singing. Your love was greater. What could separate us now? All right, I'm going to I'm going to start another choir when I'm preaching. They will come and sit down here you're, because you're you're not in tune with me. I came up here. Look at the announcements I had on my heart. Apostle Esther is gone. She has an only child. Papa sits behind me, lost a daughter. I have a lot of burden. People are going through a lot. What John John said was what I was doing. I can't solve this by myself. And I came to you and said, sing that song for me. He didn't want heaven without us because we're in hell and he brought heaven to us what a wonderful name what a beautiful name he is and I said let us sing this song and you're doing this okay thank you you know you face situations that are beyond you you better let it go like he said and give it over to the Lord that song was a song of surrender 
He said, if you say so, I'll give it a try. Now, that's the point. You remember, you have a wonderful name of Jesus. No matter how tough it is, no matter how heavy laden you are. If you want to sing this song now, you better sing it from beginning now. Without us, Jesus, you brought heaven down. This is for somebody who feels like Peter. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name, what a wonderful name it is, it is the name of Jesus Thank you. It is, yes, Lord. And so the Lord told him to row out a little way from the shore. The tired man. Ah, the frustrated man that he was. Can we talk? Why are you acting like you don't know? Is there anybody here that does not understand frustration? Do you understand frustration? And you tell him to roll out. You didn't even tell him for what. How many of us would roll out when he didn't even tell you what was going to happen? I want to beg you, this Nigerian combustive, reactive way of dealing with people, you need to stop it. Your helper is in your boat and you are saying no grief for anybody. What a stupid cliche that is. Your helper is not going to come looking like he can help you. He's not necessarily going to tell you. Roll out. And he did. Not knowing what was going to happen. Can we talk? Begin to wonder whether you've turned away somebody that could help you. You know, some people know how to comfort you in your failure. But they cannot motivate you to drive you to reposition yourself. Which one do you want? Somebody that is rubbing your head in your valley or the one that will tell you step out and row and go to the right place. You will catch a lot of fish. I don't want you to massage me until I kill myself and drown in my tears. I don't want you to massage my ego and I feel good and nothing good comes out of my feeling good. Jesus just said, roll out. I mean, 
come with me. I don't know who you've been walking with. You need to change some association. Your, your partners are there just watching you. Come with me. At least there's a possibility there's going to be a chemical reaction that will change the equation and the outcome of the situation. Come with me. And then Jesus. Peter was at the back of Jesus because a, a, a translation says he turned to Peter and said something. And all the time he was preaching. See, what about patience? When he was preaching, he was preaching to the people he came with. It's my boat you're using, but it's not me you're talking to. And Peter was patient through the process. Holy Spirit, baptize us with the fruit of patience. I used to be too reactive. I couldn't wait for my turn. Because I have waited too long doesn't mean you don't have a little bit more to wait for. Peter waited all night, caught nothing. And what Jesus did was to make him wait a little longer while Jesus did what he wanted to do. And all the time, Jesus had something for him. May we not miss what the Lord has for us. The reason why some people don't come to church anymore is they've been patiently coming to church for a while. They say, I can't wait any longer. I have had some experience with some powerful people. I didn't know they were watching me all the time. They were watching my body language. Whether I'm going to act like the younger preachers. You see, when the older preachers are in, when we're in the same room, they kind of sit together and they're watching. You know, some of us think I'm Reverend Doctor. And you think you're all that. And just because you're in the same room, you, you're pacing up and down instead of being calm. And they're talking, you're going up and down, and you're whispering to each other, they're watching you. And then one day, one walks past me, I say, you're always so well behaved when we come here. You don't speak when you're not asked to speak. What's your name? Oh, you're that fellow? I'll remember that. The next time I saw him in front of everybody, he just walked out of the crowd and gave me a hug. I say, yay. Patient. And then Jesus turned to him and said what didn't make sense to his expertise. If there were fish, I should know where they are. If there was fish, I should have at least caught some. Tonight, they have moved to the Atlantic Ocean. And he said, row out to the deeper part. Shallow to deep is distance. You're still going to go a little distance. And when we get there, it didn't say try to catch. It says let down your net to catch some fish. He didn't say throw your net. Any which way you do it, 
this time you're going to be successful. I want to ask you, let's even use logic. What happened to the fish? Did Jesus manufacture fish? I don't think so. Did Jesus know where the fish had congregated? Maybe. Or could it be because Jesus said, do it, the fish swam out of hiding and jumped into the net. You know my answer to that? I don't need to know as long as my net is full of fish. I don't know what is empty in your life. It may be your heart. A heart is a habitation for love. That's why God, the Holy Spirit, lives in our hearts. Because God is love. But the heart is also the resident of love that makes life sweet and enjoyable. I don't know if the emptiness is in your heart. But God is able to feel that emptiness. It may be your pocket, your bank account. See, your bank account has, I think, 10 numbers. Do you know Tony Lumelu's account too has only 10 numbers? Every bank account has the same amount of numbers. But the number that is inside the account is what is different. How many... Numbers are in a million. Seven. Seven, yeah? Your bank account is ten. You know what that means? If your bank, your bank account number becomes what is in your account, you will have at least a hundred million. In fact, it's not hundred million. It's more than one million. Hundred million. If you have one and you have nine zeros after that. How much is that? Eh? One billion. Should I pray that prayer? That your account number may become your account balance. Your amen doesn't persuade me. Your amen doesn't persuade me. <laughs> Everybody that has a bank account number has only 10 numbers in it. But what account balance is the difference? Every fisherman had a net that day. But what was in the net was what made the difference. Should I pray one prayer? Any net that we have that we're supposed to use to catch something. May the Lord orchestrate whatever we're trying to catch to jump into that net the net of our heart, the net of our bank account, the net of having children, or whatever it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm tired of having a bank account with 10 numbers. Ah, and the account balance has only three numbers. Some people is only four. If it's four, it's not up to 10,000. The maximum is 9,000. You know, some people are carrying their face now. Now I know the people that have money. They're not saying amen. They're carrying their face. If I see you drop 
one kind of yeah, yeah offering now, catch you now. Because when I'm praying about money, the people that have it, they just they're just waving at me, say I day. Oh, if you day, I want you to see you to come and day here. Hello now. But you will do it gladly and willingly. The net that couldn't catch something before became a net that caught so much it filled two boats. Do you know what I'm saying? God can bless you so much you can change somebody's life to become just like your own without sweating. I feel my boat to the point that it is already almost sinking. And I feel yours too. Madam, can I ask you, when you see me on the street the next day, you know, go respect me. Too diff- overflowing. You see, whatever you do, I can do for yourself is not enough until you can do it for somebody. That's when the difference is clear. I know somebody in a certain church, every car he buys, he buys at least two. He gives one out. Exactly the same car. He'll give it out. To show that God has truly blessed me. But it's supposed to be interactive. You are standing but you are not talking. Let's talk about the seemingly unchangeable position of failure and shame. The boats were packed, covered. The nets were being washed. Their mind was already at home. How will I say? What will I say when I get home? I call it the seemingly unchangeable position of failure and shame. The word seemingly means by all permutations. From any angle you look at it, this night is over. It, it is already becoming daylight. People have started going home. They know where they left you. They expect to meet you there. Tomorrow evening, the struggler will continue his struggle. Seemingly impossible situations of failure. But Jesus stepped in. Whilst people were on the way home, they had shouts, shouts, say, come and see Peter's blessing. This year, those well positioned are destined to win no matter what. The shouts of joy and celebration shall be heard in the tabernacle of the righteous. Ah, the Lord our God who is now missed. The warrior that gives victory in seemingly impossible positions of failure and shame. That's why he has no equal. That's what the Ryan songwriter said. He has no equal. He has no, 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 no mate. He stands above all by himself. To him be glory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My question is, what can make you change position? That's my worry. That's why God says, talk to them. Peter changed his position. What can make you change your position? 
Or what is stopping you from changing your position? So people are so angry at life. So no matter who talks to them, what you get is an angry response. Some people are so dejected, no matter what you preach, now you sabi, you go preach, tire. What is stopping you from changing your position? You used to serve God. You said, after all the serving God, I'm still here. I don't serve God anymore. You used to be a pillar in church. You say, you are not going to do it anymore. Is that a good position? Please answer me. Is that a good position? Okay, that position, where can it take any one of us? Peter was patient. He pulled out. Maybe he was expecting Jesus to do something. Jesus didn't do anything. He was preaching. We don't know how long he preached for. He was a master swimmer. He could have jumped in the water and said, Oga, okay, when you finish, pack my boat. Swim to the shore and go home. He sat to the end. In this stage, you say no grief for anyone who wants to change your position. Before people come to church, they have made up their mind. Whatever they say today, this is what I'm going to do. So there's nothing, Pastor Collins, you're going to say. Some people, no grief for the preacher to change my position. In, in fact, men of God are very careful now what they say because it will go to social media and they'll hammer the man if they can try it with Dr. Adebue. So we're going to have a church where no rema will be spoken anymore because people will attack you. So after a while, you come, you go. You come, you go. You have a church that is dead but still a church. The word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. That's the word that changes our situation. Not the doctrine of men or doctrines of men. Jesus said, roll out. Only God talks like that to a tired man. Say, be quiet whilst I preach. Can anybody tell you be quiet when you're... Otherwise... You drag the person. Be quiet till I finish. And say, go and do this. And you did. Peter sh should have brought his, his resume out to say, Jesus, you are just a preacher. What do you know about navigation? What do you know about fishing? What do you know about marine life and so on? He did not tender that. Can I tell you something? Please respect yourself. When it comes to God, no posturing. Jesus didn't posture for the fish to be caught. He didn't even touch the net. You, that you know how to throw the net, you know how to swing it, you know where to do it, you didn't catch anything. One word, the net was filled. This year, may the word of God be quick and powerful 
to bring incredible results of harvest and spoils in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk about difficult repositioning. The reason why some of us will not reposition this year is when the Lord wants to reposition you, it's not likely to be something that you're used to. He said, row out. I want to ask you, was that what Peter was expecting? Was that what he wanted to do? When they rode out, he was expecting the Lord to do something. And the Lord started preaching. Repositioning may not be as easy as you thought. You need to allow the word of God to humble you. It is absolutely impossible for the proud to be repositioned. If you didn't hear anything I said today, hear that one. It's my boat. It's my time. I can close when I want to close. You have said 10 minutes preaching is enough. Come down from my boat. Until he finished preaching, there was no instruction. No grief for anybody. Go and delete it from your phone. If you know grief for anybody, no grief for Satan. But when the angel of the Lord comes to you, please grieve. <laughs> Difficult repositioning and really hard re-repositioning. I'll, I'll tell you that. The first repositioning is roll out a little distance. I created the word re-repositioning that after you roll out a bit, now roll to the deep side. Okay? The reposition I've done is not enough. No. You need to do some more. When he got there, the word became quick and powerful. As he said it, they let the net, the fish were jumping in. Sometimes one part of the journey is not enough. Tarry with me, he said. Tarry, stay with me. I know where I'm taking you. This age of impatience. This age of don't tell me what to do. How can you walk with God when he can tell you what to do? I have in my notes difficult repositioning. Really hard re-repositioning. Start, start with your mind. Your attitude. I have in my note, watch out for stubbornness. Hello? I want your reaction. Watch out for stubbornness. Is stubbornness rare these days? Okay, is stubbornness common these days? Is it just amongst men or is it with women as well? With everybody? Is there a little stubbornness on the chair you're sitting on? On the chair you're sitting on. A little stubbornness on the chair you're sitting on. A little. Uh -huh. Watch out for stubbornness. It won't work for those that are set in their own ways. Your mind must not be closed up. You must be open-minded. And finally, you must have an obedient spirit. 
The one that gets me is faith-driven repositioning. Faith-driven reposition. It's not about good manners. This one has to do with faith. And that's where Peter said in verse 5, We have worked hard all night long and have not caught a thing. But if you... <laughs> he knew who he was talking If you, not anybody... If you tell me to do it, I will let the nets down. May God give us eyes that see. And a heart that understands whose voice we're dealing with. Because if a fool tells you to do something, please don't do it. Peter said, if you, the Lord, tells me against all the experience I have, all the statistics and so on, the data goes the other way, I will do it. Faith-driven repositioning. There's good manners-driven repositioning. I hope you have that. There's, there's open repositioning, open-minded repositioning. There is faith-driven repositioning. It's like sometimes you hear some people say, I brought all the money in my pocket or my bank account and I dropped it and I walked away. Because that's what I felt God wanted to me. It can't even save me. And before the end of the day, their life is changed. Faith is what a lot of people lack. If you do not have faith, you cannot take part in faith-driven repositioning. He said, I don't know the end result, but if you, the Lord, that I heard you preach and I know you are the Son of God, say, I will do it. Some people were watching the partners were still watching to say, fool, he's still fishing. I thought he went to school. By now, he should have known that today there's no fish. Faith-driven repositioning, you will take a position that people will laugh at you until they see your result. People will call you names until you fill their own boat with fish. When your blessing stops the mouth of fools from talking. See, the partners saw all of this. They did not get involved. Lie, lie. When they came, it's because they saw proof. They went, what they went with counters what they said before. Ah, may God do something in our lives. Can you stand to your feet? Should we pray about faith or not? Peter said, Lord, give me more faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to receive from God. The repositioning that you need for your heart not to remain empty may require a faith-driven repositioning. I want you to take a moment to pray for yourself. Say, Lord, give me faith. Hey, I don't even know how much faith I have left. Lord, revive my faith. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you 
along the best pathway for your life. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise and watch over you. Pray for faith. For God to guide you and you allow him to position you. You will require dangerous faith. The living Bible says, I will instruct you, says the Lord. And guide you along the best, best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over your progress. Then it says, don't be like a senseless horse or mule. Don't be like a senseless horse or mule. When the opportunity for you to be repositioned comes, don't be senseless. Be a man, a woman of faith. Don't waste the moment. The living Bible says, you are my hiding place from every storm of life. You even keep me from getting into trouble. You surround me with the songs of victory. You surround me with the songs of victory. I will instruct you, says the Lord, and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over your progress, but don't be like a senseless mule. Isaiah 58 verse 11, the living Bible says, and the Lord will guide you continually. And satisfy you with all good things. And keep you healthy too. And you will be like a well watered garden. Like an ever flowing spring. The message Bible says I will always show you where to go. Oh hallelujah. I will give you a, a full life. Even in the emptiest of places. Oh the economy may look empty. Things may look empty. But it says I will show you where to go. Go. I will always show you where to go. I will give you a full life even in the emptiest of places if you let me position you. If you let me reposition you. Father, we bring ourselves before you and say, Lord, you have spoken. We have heard you. Give us faith. Enlarge our faith. Help us to be sensitive to the moment and to the instruction that turns disgrace and failure into resounding success and prosperity. Father, we thank you. I pray for everybody here that there will be testimonies upon testimonies in Grace Assembly. That against all odds, what you thought you couldn't do for yourself, you will do your own and you'll be able to do for others. You will fill other people's boats as well. In the midst of when there is nothing, it will be to the glory of the name of the Lord. Blessed be our King. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. If you are glad that you heard the word of the Lord today, I want you to position yourself to honor the Lord by clapping for the Lord and celebrating the word of God. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Sorry I took some time, but the burden is on my soul. But are you glad you came to church today? Share this message with somebody. Somebody needs to hear it.